spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. Hello, true believers, and welcome to a special edition episode of St. Bible Credits Podcast. What's with the true believers? Well, it has to do with what we're going to talk about. Okay. True believers is Stan Lee's shtick. And the Lego games. True well, believer. Sure. Yeah. True believer. Yeah. So, we're doing a very special episode. We're going to talk about all of the Spider-Man movies today. So the Tobey Maguire movies, the Andrew Garfield movies, and the Tom Holland movies. We're even going to talk about the new movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. But that will be spoiler-free. Not getting too deep, but just enough to, you know, tickle your fancy. Or if yes, you're wondering. just a super short, super secret, super spidey episode. <laughs> super short, super secret, super spidey? Yes. I like it. We just finished watching the Tobey Maguire trilogy. So, Spider-Man from 2002, Spider-Man 2 from 2004, and the very infamous Spider-Man 3 from 2007. It's so great. Spider-Man was one of the first, like, big-time superhero movies, and it was a big deal for me because when it came out, I was about 14 or 15, and Spider-Man's my all-time favorite superhero. He still is, no matter what. Uh, I still love him, so... Seeing him on the big screen and it being, no pun intended, amazing was pretty great for me. The rumors are everywhere that we're going to see the return of both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in this new movie. But nobody knows for sure. But the villains villains are returning. So we thought this would be the perfect time to go back and watch them to prepare and get all hype for Spidey. Changing. I would do exactly the same thing at your age on May 3rd. Not exactly. You're invited to suit up. With great power comes great responsibility. And swing into action. Spider Man. You do too much. You're not Superman. Ready PG 13. The first Spider-Man, I thought it still was absolutely phenomenal. It was, it was okay. Obviously, it's aged a little bit. It will be yes. 20 years in a couple months. There is some corny stuff, some corny lines, but overall, J. Jonah Jameson stole the show. <laughs> it's hard for me re-watching these other Spider-Men <laughs> Spider people. Spider peoples. After I have <laughs> watched all the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just I'm trying to say nicely that I have a favorite Spider Man. Well, how and about it's not Tobey Maguire. How about after we watch all of them, we'll we'll, we'll circle back to that. So at but the end of the episode, we'll talk about. It's hard for me to go back and watch this when I know in my head that there's a better version. But you have Tobey Maguire, obviously. Kirsten Dunst. We have J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. William Defoe as the Green Goblin. And uh, playing his son, Harry Osborn. Harry! Is <laughs> James Franco. And Megan and Janello. Megan and Janello? Yes. Joe Maganello? He was the... F- he was Flash. He's Flash Thompson. Yeah, Thompson. the bully. So that was funny because he looks really weird without a beard. Oh. And 
Let's just say he aged very well. He did age very well. So, you know, we see a bunch of cameos um, or people in small roles. Elizabeth Banks plays Betty Brant that works at the Daily Bugle. You have Stan Lee has his first of many cameos in the Marvel films. The origin story is there. The origin story is great. We saw Macho Man Randy Savage as Bonesaw, which I still love to this day. Uh, you did have a slight problem with the web shooting. I didn't have a slight problem. I have a major problem. This actually goes back to when I first saw it. The only major issue I have with Spider-Man is he shoots webs out of his wrist, like like right away. And in the comics, not to sound you know go down that route, but again, super nerdy. But in the comics, he is so smart. He builds a contraption with web cartridges, and he has a metal contraption around his wrist so he can shoot the webs. But now going back and watching, I kind of understood why they did that because. He would be constantly having to go around and, you know, I don't know. It's just. Like what's, what happens then when you run out of web stuff and you have to refill it? You got to go back to the house and get some. Well, he can't stop the train full of people if he ran out of web stuff. I mean, in the video games and in the in the, um, the TV show, he's like, I'm out of web cartridges. And he has to go. <laughs> he has to go to Home Depot. Yeah. But, I mean, everything's there that's really great. You have a great Big villain with William Defoe playing um, playing Norman Osborn. He is an amazing actor. I, I think between that and Boondock Saints, the man is a legend. Uh, I just think that the inner battle that he was having with himself. Oh man, right? Was pretty awesome. That scene when he's looking in the mirror is just yeah phenomenal. So how would you how would you rate this movie on a scale of one to ten? Um, out of ten Spider Man men, I would give it ten Spider Man. Oh, a 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's, well, it's what just, about the web shooter? Uh, a 5. So five. wouldn't that bring the average down to significantly? A to a 9. So is it a 9 out of 10? It's a 9 out of 10. You just said it was a 10 out of well, 10. Well, that's without the web shooters being involved. We're going to, you know. Yeah, I, I know there was corny bits in there, but like it felt like I was actually watching a comic book. And if it wasn't for Spider-Man, it wouldn't be any. Yeah, let's move on to Spider-Man 2. So two years later... They made a sequel to Spider-Man, obviously entitled Spider-Man 2. Sam Raimi did it again. We're through some horror aspects in there because he's yeah, a very so famous horror director. Another notable guest star throughout the trilogy is Bruce Campbell, um, well known as Ash Williams in the Evil Dead movies, and Sam Raimi directed those, so that's why we see you know good old Bruce Campbell. In three different roles. In three different roles, which is even better. So in Spider-Man 2, we follow... Dr. Otto Octavius, that he's very interested in um, biogenetics and all this sciencey stuff I'm not going to get into, but he creates this super suit that has extra limbs, so they call him Dr. Octopus, or Doc Oc for short. Obviously, something horribly goes wrong, and of course, Peter Parker is right there to see it happen. You also have um, Dr. Connors, which is known as the Lizard. This seems to be the well. running theme in Spider-Man is that there's like a scientific experiment that goes horribly wrong and then turns it turns the person into a villain. Correct. And that's a big thing in the comics. Cross the board. Something goes wrong, Fantastic Four. Something goes wrong, Ant-Man. Like, it's just, yeah, some sort of explosion or whatnot. He actually accidentally murders his wife. And he turns evil, so now we have another villain for Spider-Man to fight. Right. Harry Osborn blames Spidey slash Peter, because he knows his identity, for the death 
of his father in the previous film. We start seeing him turn to the dark side mm-hmm. as well. And when all of this is happening, it's the inner struggle between Peter Parker and Mary Jane if they're on again, off again, on again, off again. But he now knows that if his enemies find out the people that he loves, she could be in danger. And she was in danger several times. So was Aunt May. Peter's very upset because he he notices he can't be Spider-Man and be Peter Parker being happy at the same time. He has to pick one. He can either be happy and be Peter Parker 100% of the time or be Spider-Man. There's not room for both. So he decides that he's going to give up becoming Spider-Man so he can be happy. And he was happy. He was doing better in school. He was having a better relationship with his family. He was having a better relationship with Mary Jane. He didn't have to worry constantly. But then crime rose in Midtown, and he realized he had to do what he didn't want to do and become Spider-Man again. So that's the whole struggle of the entire movie. But the most powerful scene in this movie, which could make this one of the best comic book movies of all time, is the train scene. And if you don't remember, Spider-Man does everything in his power to stop the train from plummeting into the water and killing all people on board. And he is about to fall after passing out and stopping the train. Because he's just using up all of his strength. At this point, his mask is off. Completely off. And the people on the train save him. And they bring him in, and he realize, he like wakes up. He comes, he comes to, and he's like, oh, crap, my mask is off. And everyone on the train's like, hey, we'll keep your secret. Yeah. We're not going to tell anybody. And that's the best part. And they realize he's just a kid. He's just like them. He's nobody special. He's just a New Yorker like the rest of them. And that's why it's so powerful, because it... It wasn't like... They do band together at the end, right? Yeah. Like when he's fighting Doc Ock or whatever. Yeah, Doc Ock shows up and you're like, if you want to get to him, you got to get through us first. Yeah. And then of course, he does get through them. But the, the specialness there that they're going to band together and they're going to try to protect them, even though they know they can't. That's what's so powerful. It's not really... It's just the feeling of people having each other's backs no matter who you are. What would you rate this? This From is one Spider-Man to ten Spider-Man. This is ten out of ten across the board. Ten out of ten. Yeah, even, I, even Matt. Even they all can't be ten out of ten. Oh, they're not going to be ten out of ten. <laughs> so let me tell you that. No, I think Spider-Man Two does a really good job. You have a great villain again, but this time, Peter really fighting with himself. The, his main villain is himself in this movie. And they try to make that into the one we're about to talk about, and it doesn't really pan out. So that's. 10 out of 10 Spider-Mans for the first movie, minus like 0.25 for well, the, the web shooter. And 10 out of 10 for the second movie. And what about the third movie? How'd you how'd you like that one? The third movie still sucks. I'm sorry. It's still not good. Uh, it's so great. Everybody knows that if, if the same people that are saying that Spider-Man 2 is one of the best comic book movies of all time, then those same people would probably say that Spider-Man 3 could be one of the worst comic book movies of all time. It, it was not great. Um, I'm just laughing because Matt knows why I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. The, the scene where he gets all cocky. She loves the scene where he's, he's walking around downtown pointing at the ladies. He's like, hey. And dancing. Hey, girl. He's like dancing on the sidewalk. He's snapping his... Fingers. He's sashaying down there, thinking he's all that. And oh my god! All it is, he has hair in front of his face. He's I know. a he's an emo version of me from like whenever I decided to change my hair. So I have a lot of problems with this movie. I even completely blocked out parts of this movie from my brain. He's like, I don't remember that happening. Yeah, I don't because 
I remember being in the movie theater, and as excited as I was for the first movie, I was sitting there waiting for it to be over. So we're introduced to some new characters in this one. Yep. We have Eddie Brock, who is like a rival photographer at the Daily Bugle. Played by? Topher Grace from that 70s show fame. And we have Gwen Stacy. Yeah, we have Gwen Stacy played by Bruce Dallas Howard. I think it's Bryce. Bryce? Okay, so Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay. We have Thomas Hayden Church playing Brittany's favorite character. Simmons. Yeah, every time we see Thomas Hayden Church in anything for the last, like, 14 years or however long it's been out, she just says, it's Sandman. I'm like, you know he was in, like, really great roles, right? And and honestly, he does not do a bad part, act, bad job acting in this at all. He actually has a really emotional scene at the end. I love the... I mean, I don't love the Sandman character, but I... Like, he... You feel bad for him. You feel bad for him, yeah, because he he doesn't really seem like he's a bad guy. He's not. He just made some bad choices, and he wants to save his daughter. His daughter has medical issues, and they don't have enough money to help her. Right. And she's she's like dying, you know, like so he he's struggling. He that's like does like a backstory with what happened with Uncle Ben and all that stuff, and they were stealing the money for that reason. And yeah, you just feel bad for the guy. So I mean, I thought his character was great. Um, I, I don't know why they made him so powerful. He's not that powerful in the comics or it, it was like he could beat Spider-Man. Yeah. And I, I had a problem with that because first of all, he's made out of sand. Yeah. He's made out of sand. I'm not saying he's not a throwaway villain by any means, but you know, well, no, but I mean like he shouldn't be that powerful. Not like, at all. He was like beating the crap out of Spider-Man. So. I have a lot of grapes with this movie. Can I just go through them really quick as a summary? Because I have a lot. Yes, please. Okay. My biggest concern of the movie, the dancing and joking beside whatever. But obviously something major is missing. What I realized the other day, because I did not know this, the composer of the first two movies, Danny Elfman, which is everybody knows who he is, hopefully, he was not welcomed back for the third movie. Apparently, Danny Elfman and Sam Raimi did not get along, and Danny Elfman felt Sam Raimi was very demanding of musical changes throughout the movie, and he didn't want to return, and he didn't want him to return. So that's why he sounds different, and I didn't notice until we watched the movie. Interesting. Number two, the whole Venom shit. Venom is one of my favorite uh, superhero slash villains because he's kind of an anti-hero. I obviously got my phone case right here. He's kind of what, like Deadpool? Yeah, he's like Deadpool. That's very good. So when I was a kid, the Spider-Man cartoon came out, and there was a mini-series of the Venom saga, and it was like four or five episodes explaining everything. So I knew from a young age the whole entire Venom you know, issue. So they skipped some stuff around. In the, in the comics and in the TV show, the, the alien gook, what you see, comes from space, and it actually comes from J. Jonah Jameson's son, who was an astronaut, which ah, they mentioned, and it comes from mention. space. Now, we were introduced to him in the second movie. Yes, and he was never brought up again. No, 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 no. Which is, he was supposed to marry Mary, Mary Jane. Jane. Mary, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mary, Mary, Mary Jane. Jane. So, okay, they cut that, and, and they I only remember how the, the suit got there. Whatever, okay. You can skip that because that probably would have take, taken a while to establish that. Cool. So we get introduced to Eddie Brock, and I love Topher Grace. I love that 70s show, but you should not be having a scrawny actor 
that is going is that supposed to play this like in the comics and in the, in the animated show. He's like he's like a Joe Manganiello sized person. And um, in the new Venom. Yeah, Tom Hardy. T- Tom Hardy is like pretty jacked. Yeah, so. now is Tom Hardy as tall as no, but he's jacked. So the black symbiote gets a hold of Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man becomes like this evil version of himself. That was completely fine. Understand that that happens. But what had an issue was when the suit first went on him, it did what it does to Eddie Brock later on in the film, where it just becomes like his own skin. So there was never a separate suit or anything like that. It just went over his own body. That made no yeah, sense. So he was able to take the suit off, right? When in reality, he was—it's supposed to be like kind of like covered. Part of him. Yeah. So then they kind of start doing that later on. So I'm like, okay, so why did they decide to do that, but not this? It just—it was so inconsistent. So Eddie Brock went full evil, so that's why he couldn't get it off. And Maybe. Peter Parker was kind of struggling both ways. Like he was struggling. Does you know, to be evil or good. And I don't, maybe, maybe that's what they were trying to do. I don't know. So fasting forward later on. So, um, the whole church bell scene is a hundred percent accurate to the comics and the animated series where like he he can't stand that sound. Right. Venom's weakness is sound. Any sort of loud sound vibrations. the, the, The alien symbiote can't handle it. So that scene shot shot from the one animated episode it's insane so i'm like they obviously know but they're still skipping stuff right, I'm like, they obviously okay. took their inspiration right from the animated show and yet still changed it to make matt angry so exactly and i'm like okay it gets on um toe for grace and, and eddie brock finally becomes venom right so i'm like okay well maybe they'll fix it now where he's going to be bigger and buffer and no he's like I I could say he's like a vegan uh, venom, like he's just he's just very scrawny and his head looks good. But from his head down, he's very skinny. And venom, as you like, you've seen venom a million things. He's he's like super big. He looks like the Hulk. He looks like the the thing from Fantastic Four. But he's like just this scrawny looking. All right, enough black. shade being thrown at Topher Grace. Move on. I love Topher Grace. It's just it ruined his career for quite a few years too. Was so that all your gripes, or is for, there more? That's for Venom. Oh, jeez. The other thing I don't like is the whole Harry Osborn thing. Okay, he doesn't like MJ, likes MJ. He forgets what happened, and then he has amnesia. Okay, cool. And he remembers what happened. Yeah, and I'm like... His face. His face. I'm like, okay, I kind of get he's becoming evil. I, I didn't mind that. But he shows up to help out Spider-Man. And I'm like, cool, he's on a glider, he's going to come down. And he's wearing, like, he just went to, like, Urban Outfitters. Like, it's the most basic costume I've ever seen in a superhero movie. Well, he had to get it quick. No, he spent, they did the montage, so I'm building all that stuff. <laughs> I don't know, what does that you? Maybe they didn't get to the suit. And he's the new goblin. He's just wearing a freaking mask. That's it. Well, he died. And they showed two Green Goblin masks at the beginning of the movie. One was the original one, and one was this really cool silver mask. And we never, he doesn't even use the cool mask. So why introduce something and not pay it off? I don't know. Maybe they had a plan for a fourth one, but the third one flopped so bad. That's actually what happened. Oh, really? Yeah, they announced Spider-Man 4. Oh. It was actually supposed to come out. So I forget, but they did announce a Spider-Man 4, and... Sam Raimi was supposed to come back. Tobey Maguire are all supposed to come back. And it got to the point where, like, people thought the third one was so bad they just 
it got scrubbed and they've started to reboot it instead. Well, then I wonder why they killed Harry if I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, they shouldn't have killed him either. And it was just like he gets stabbed by Venom and then he spends the next 20 minutes dying. Yeah, it was a long death. Uh, and it's just like Mary Jane stuck in these webs and for like she was saving herself. <laughs> They did not save and her. And it was like the um, Jurassic Park scene with the taxi. And yeah, the yeah. Down. It's just, there was so many things. It was just, it was just not good. All right. So what would you rate this one on a scale of one Spider-Man to ten Spider-Men? Two. Wow. Two wicked cools out of ten. <laughs> Two wicked cools. It's just, what was that one line Peter said? It was so bad. There, it was it was a very bad in a lot of the different things. It's just I feel bad because it did tarnish all the actors' careers for quite a few years afterwards. They got paid millions of dollars, you know. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're seeing that Venom again, <laughs> but I'm wondering if we're going to see that specific Sandman. What if Wonder Thomas Hayden Church is going to show back we up? Do not know. Overall, as a trilogy, it's really really good. It has its issues with the third. But it does a great job introducing the character for people who had no idea who Spider-Man was. And we will find out as we talk about the next movies how Aunt May keeps getting younger. Yeah, she does. <laughs> wow. I think it's Sally Field in the Andrew Garfield movies. And then it gets even younger with... Marissa uh, Tomei. Yeah, Marissa Tomei. So, yeah, definitely go back and re-watch the Tobey Maguire ones. At least watch the first one. If you can make it to the second one, kudos to you because it's worth it. Especially, uh, again, the J. Jonah Jameson stuff. J.K. Simmons is just amazing. But the third one, I would completely skip if I were you. We are going to now talk about the Andrew Garfield movies, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. But we're going to take a quick break, and I guess we'll play a trailer. Does this scare you? What you can do? No. Do you think what happened to you was an accident? Peter, someday you'll understand. Do you have any idea what you really are? The Amazing Spider-Man. You found my weakness. It's small knives. Oh, it's so simple. Really PG-13. We are now going to talk about The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2 starring the one and only Andrew Garfield. The one and only? Well, do you know any other Andrew Garfields? I do not. So, the one and only. The one and only. So, these movies came out at the beginning of the 2010s. And... That was a long time ago. It was... The, Isn't that disgusting it's to gonna think about? It's going to be 10 years. I don't yeah. like that. So, I saw both of these in a the movie theater. I remember... I don't remember much, but I knew I did not like Amazing Spider-Man 2. We watched you these. actually weren't sure if you liked the first one. I wasn't until you sure. Started watching it. I can say minus the ending, the ending of Amazing Spider-Man. I kind of lose interest a little bit, but uh, for the most part, I thought it was actually pretty good. Um, the main difference from all the other Spider-Man movies so far that were covered is it goes. It takes a deep dive into his parents' backstory, which was not even touched on in the Tobey Maguire movies. And you would think, and we discussed this off air, that, you know, pe uh, somebody like 
Peter Parker would want to know what happened to his parents, right. which is what we liked about this version. Yeah, he was like, okay, when he was a kid, he wasn't interested, but they show him as a teenager or a 20-year-ager, whatever you want to call it, because he's like 26 in the movie, but he's pissed because he was left behind, and he wants to know why, because that's what would actually happen in real life, I feel. I've never yeah, been left definitely. behind, but yeah. I, I would assume so. That you would want to do everything in your power to figure out what happened. Yeah. And, of course, this is a little bit more believable. The the actors the look actually a lot younger in the movie. You got Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. There is no Mary Jane in these movies. She does not exist, which is okay. I understand having two of them at the same time would be super confusing. Although we did have Gwen Stacy in the first reincarnation. Well, yes. it's not really reincarnation, but the first trilogy right so overall i think the first amazing spider-man is good dennis leary plays captain stacy gwen stacy's father uh we have the lizard dr kurt connors who was in the original trilogy but never became the lizard i thought really good acting all around andrew garfield is a great actor sometimes i had a hard issue with i think he's a really good spider-man but not a good peter parker he yeah, would just I can see that. mumble a lot and just kind of like, mm, whatever. But like Peter Parker's supposed to be like this really, really smart, like geeky kind of character, right? right? And he he more portrays me as like, does not do well in school. Um, he skateboards around all loner. day. Yeah, like a, a loner, um, not like a, a book smart kind of guy. No, like a techie not at all. guy. But then he becomes more of a techie guy. I know. It's very weird. Big props to uh, my issue I had with the last movies was he actually made his web shooters. And I was like, I'm going to stay in ovation. He was like, yes, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Right. Not only did he make them, but he kept trying to improve them. Yes. In the second one, when he was trying to fight Electro. Oh, Electro. Yeah. So, as much as I enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man 1, Spider Amazing Spider-Man 2 was still a big pile of dog poop. So Dang. It's just Tell not... us how you really feel. First of all, it is like 20 minutes longer than the first Amazing Spider-Man. I felt that it was very long. And when I thought it was over, it wasn't over. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. There's a couple. We'll just go over the issues I have with it. Do you have any issues that you want to talk about in the first one? Not really. I thought I, it was pretty solid. It was solid. They only they only have one villain. Yes. Which is great. We don't have a bunch of characters. I thought I thought the suit was pretty cool. Way different than any of the other suits. He I has, was going to ask you the comparison uh, between the suits in the the trilogy versus this this uh, incarnation. Duo. I love the original Sam Raimi suit. It, it, it's classic. The suit in the first Amazing Spider-Man is really cool and more modern, but the suit in the Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think, is the most comic-accurate suit. It's like your stereotypical, you see Spider-Man on any product, that's the suit. Really white eyes. The the, the blue and red, uh, blue is a really a lighter color and everything. The design of it is just like, it, it doesn't, it, it, it looks like a high-quality cosplay costume, really. Now, we saw in the first trilogy um, Peter Parker making his 
suit costume. Did we see that in this one? I yes. can't remember. He actually sewed it and okay. made it himself, which was cool. All of these movies are starting to blend together. Yeah. Um, another thing about the first one really quick is they don't do the wrestling um, scene with Uncle Ben dying. They do something a little different, but they throw homage in there. I think they were just not trying to completely repeat the trilogy. They want to say, hey, this is a different Spider-Man. These are a couple different characters. We're not going to just copy and paste because we want you to actually enjoy this film. And I appreciate it. It's a little different. Um, Aunt May and Uncle Ben, great actors. we got Sally Field and um, Martin Sheen, right? Correct. Both great. The, the love between them and Peter is very real. Not saying it wasn't in the original one, but they didn't focus on it too much. They were just looked like, oh, well, that's his aunt and uncle he lives with. This was like his parents. Right, right, which right. Which they really do hit on. Yes. And there is an amazing scene in the second one between Sally Field and Andrew Garfield. I was just thinking that, of that, that, when, that you got were, to me. when you were talking about that. And not only that, but like Uncle Ben in the first movie, even, you know, he, he calls him son. Yeah. And that my first thought was like, I said, see... I said, see, that's how you treat Uncle Ben. Because in the <laughs> first trilogy, when he said son, he was like, I'm not your son. I'm like, shut up. Aww. I'm going to slap you in the face. He was going through some things. I, I understand that. But he is like your father. Okay, right. who took care of you. Recognize that. I'm very hyped about this. I really enjoyed the first one. I would say if you want to give it another chance, definitely do it. There's some good acting. Some really cool action scenes. It's not over the top. I think it does a good job. But then we move on to the second one, like I mentioned before. Yeah, way too long. Very long. A uh, couple throwaway characters. I'm looking at Rhino. Uh, Paul Giamatti, another great actor. Right. I don't even know why he was cast in this. It's just a shame. Like He's shown for like a second, right? Like He is committing some sort of crime. In the beginning, yeah. Right, in the beginning. And then I guess he goes to jail and he's mad. So then they show him at the end as Rhino. Right. And we also have another amazing actor, Jamie Foxx. They do him dirty. He's your stereotypical nerd, which I have a picture to show you afterwards. Of, But he has that. He's an obsessed fan of Spider-Man. He somehow gets electrocuted inside Oscorp and becomes a pretty much Kmart version of Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. It's it's over CGI'd this entire movie, and that could work for others like Transformers, but not for Spider Man. It was just too much CGI for me. Then, I couldn't. I couldn't even. I know you're like talking about the CGI and yeah. stuff. I couldn't even get over his voice. His voice <laughs> was. Yeah, I understand. He's trying to be electrical. So yeah. they're throwing some EDM in there. Right, right, right. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of get that. As Spider-Man, he does a couple good funny yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's with the firefighters putting out the fire, and he's wearing a hat, like, high-fiving right, the guys. Right, right, right. And, like, Emma Stone's relationship with Andrew Garfield on screen is they have really good chemistry, too. It doesn't feel fake. Sometimes, I hate to say it, sometimes Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire, I felt it was forced a couple yeah, times. yeah, yeah. That could have been after they broke up. Yeah, in real life. We get introduced to a new version of Harry Osborn. His father passed like away and was not the Green Goblin at all. So we're starting to see that he's going to the dark side with this really bad haircut. And I just hate his character from the beginning. I don't hate meaning like, oh, he's a bad guy. I hate him. Like, I just dislike the character completely. 
Doesn't make sense to me. I that's why I think they threw Rhino in there because they're like, all right, let's do Rhino really quick and give some somebody Spider Man to fight before. Right, but that, now he that's turns three into, villains in this movie, and just like Spider Man Three, Electro, Gob- Green Goblin, and Rhino. Even though we only saw Rhino for like a hot second, but it's too much. Yeah, I know they're they're using other villains to set up other. That's literally what it was. They used Rhino to set up Electro. They used um, Electro to set up Green Goblin. And it's just he 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 defeats Electro. I don't even remember how because it was so fast. Neither do I. After like all this build up, the entire movie of Electro, and he just defeats him because yeah. he did figure out he to to magnify his web so he can battle the um his power, which was that was pretty funny when he was testing the batteries. Right. So there is some good comedy in it, but it, it's just not enough, and. I, the Green Goblin thing, and that's where my biggest issue is, and Britt knows I was having a big issue. Going in and seeing this, I knew they were going to kill off Gwen Stacy once Green Goblin and Gwen Stacy were in the same movie. In the comics, is one of the most controversial deaths of all time. They're on a bridge. They're thinking it's like the Brooklyn Bridge or whatnot, and the Green Goblin either throws Gwen, I believe, throws her off the bridge, and Spider-Man goes to, um, goes to save her, webs her legs, gets her legs, starts pulling her up, but the whiplash effect breaks her neck. That's that's kind of what happens, kinda. but not. She falls in this... Um, it's like a clock tower like or a, something. Oh, yeah, like a mosaic of a clock tower. Yeah. Falls down, he webs her like waist or midsection. Her, her midsection, yeah, her chest, her like belly. And I'm like, okay, same thing's going to happen. She's probably going to break her neck, right? But I get it. It's PG-13. A lot of kids are watching this, and I understand that. But then when she like gets to the bottom and she flops for a second, it's the most anticlimactic thing I've ever seen in a movie. It's like, oh, I guess she's dead. I don't know. Like, it was nothing. You really had no idea until we went down and confirmed that she was dead. Right. It kind of looked like maybe she just passed out. Yeah. She just kind of was like... like I mean, I knew that <sighs> she was going to die because I've watched this before, so right. I was purposely looking for like some way in which she mm-hmm. died. No. I mean, her, ne- her neck doesn't even really snap back. It's really her back. Yeah. That like kind of arches, and I'm wondering if... I almost wondered if her head kind of hit the ground for also as this is happening but like there was no blood coming from There's her no head blood and there was only a little bit of trickle down to out of her nose did you see that yeah and, and that was it and she's wearing like a jacket so like it could have been they had a different cut and it did i never even looked into that at all i really could care less so after that happened for me the movie's over but guess what it's not over it's not over they can't end it like that they can't nope. end a spider-man movie sad like that we go to a funeral. We see the funeral. He hasn't been Spider-Man for five months. And then all of a sudden, they somebody mysterious breaks Rhino out of prison. But be, as they're doing that, they walk by, the, by this hallway of lit up costumes. And we see the Rhino, uh, not costume, but contraption. Suit. We see Doc Ock's suit. Suit. And I think there was one other more uh, one other one, but I could care less again. I, I don't know. They're obviously sending up the Sinister Six, right? Which was greenlit and announced, and then got canceled indefinitely. This is a trail of things. It's the same thing keeps happening. They try to reinvent the wheel, and it's not working. 
So Rhino comes out. They have this scene where this kid that we saw earlier in the film tries to fight him by standing there, this eight-year-old kid. And then here comes Spidey to save the day, had a couple jokes, which were pretty funny. And then as he swings to Rhino, credits. Okay. And various Superman-esque music, which I hate it. Right, and then that was it. There That's was it. no, like, after the credit no. scene. No, after credit scene. That was it. It obviously left it very open-ended. Like Matt said, there was supposed to be another movie. They were setting up for The Sinister Six, and that did not happen. Right. So the last thing I want to talk about really quick. A couple months ago, I saw on Facebook a deleted scene from Amazing Spider-Man 2. I put it on. It's on the Blu-ray. It's called Peter Meets His Father. And it is literally a five-and-a-half-minute-ish Fully edited, fully like HD scene. Yeah, it was totally ready <laughs> to go into the movie. And it was literally Peter meeting his father for the first time yes. since he was a child. Peter is in the cemetery, I guess, standing over Gwen Stacy's grave in the snow, looking all sad. Right. And his his dad shows up behind him. And it's not just like that's it. They go oh. into full detail of all these plot points from the last two movies of explaining... Not everything, but a lot. And, and it was like Andrew Garfield's best acting oh, yeah. in this entire movie, in the entire first one. Yeah. It was a very emotional, like, it was a powerful p- scene. And I feel bad for the poor actor to play the father because, for the most part, we saw bits and pieces of him, like, rushing out the door, and that was very good acting by him. They should have kept that in. And cut the rhino thing out. Yeah. And they could have motivated him to become Spider-Man in a different way. Or him talking to his dad could have motivated him to be Spider-Man. And his dad even said the line. With with great great power power comes comes great great responsibility. responsibility. Which I know in the comments is Uncle Ben. But in this instance, in these two films, I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Because we haven't heard it. But I I don't think... Ben said that, but I'm not, I don't remember. But he could have got that. They could have played the music, and they all they could have did was showing somebody. Didn't have to be, sure, it could still be Rhino, but just showing him cause destruction, and all of a sudden you see him jump out the window and then credits. That's it. Yeah. But we're not directors, are we? Nope. So, well, that's enough about those movies. Up next, I think, is the favorite of the three Spider-Man. I'm for smiling. Is <laughs> Tom Holland, and... We're going to cover, obviously, Homecoming and Far From Home. And then we will, very shortly, talk about No Way Home with no spoilers. So don't worry. I'm not going to spoil anything. I might even see if we we might even watch like a scene or two of in between before Homecoming because he obviously shows up before he gets his own movie with Iron Man. So let's uh, I guess I'll play something. We'll see what it is. All right, let's do it. Listen, Peter. You did good. But this does not mean you're an Avenger. Mr. Storm is treating me like a kid. But you are a kid. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. I have to catch this guy and nothing's going to stop me. Parker. My office. So, you got detention. How are you going to make things right? Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay, so now we're going to talk about Tom Holland's Spider-Man movies, which is uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. That's my favorite. The home trilogy, you might say. The third movie, which just came out uh, this past weekend, 
No Way Home. We will talk about very shortly after these two, but it will be no spoilers. I do not want to spoil anything for anybody. You got to go see this movie. We got introduced to Tom Holland in Civil War, Captain America Civil War. Then we saw him in Homecoming. That is such a great movie. Why do you love Tom Holland and why do you consider him the best of the, of the three franchisee Spider-Mans? I don't know because maybe he's actually the correct age. There's number one. Well, he's 22 in the, in the first Spider-Man movie. Like He looks like... He looks like he's 16, yeah. He looks yeah. like a, the correct age. Yeah. I'm not saying he's, you know, he looks like 10-year-old. I'm just saying... Like, Tobey Maguire looked a little bit old, and so did Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Agreed. He so actually he actually looks like a kid. Yeah, he looks like a kid. You actually believe he's in high school. Same with his best friend, Ned, that we get introduced to, and um, Zandaya, who plays MJ. He sounds like a kid. He acts like a kid. Yeah. He makes you know? stupid kid decisions. Yeah. Like we all do. My biggest thing that I love about this movie is, and we actually were talking about this last night, when we watched Homecoming, we don't have the backstory with Uncle Ben and him getting bit by the spider and all that stuff we've seen so many times before. They go, you know, it's Spider-Man. You know this, the backstory. Let's get to the let's get to the juicy part. Let's get to the good stuff. Yeah, we only ever see Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Right. Like we don't. Yeah, like Matt said, we don't get any of that stuff that we already know. So, and what's really cool in Homecoming is it's a Sony movie, but you had Marvel, Disney slash characters like Tony Stark in it. And obviously, we don't really have to go through the whole thing, but he's kind of taking Spider-Man under his wing, gives him the suit and all of that. You got Michael Keaton as Vulture, and you have a plethora of kind of cameos and characters that we might see or might not see. Who knows? But... To Britt's point, he is the perfect, in my opinion, Spider-Man. He's the perfect balance of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. He plays a really good Peter yes. Parker. He plays a really good Spider-Man. Yes. Whereas the the trouble with Tobey Maguire and the trouble with Andrew Garfield is we really felt like they had the one character Correct. down but lacked in the other character. Right. Like, I completely agree with that. I think... Toby was a lot better at both, but again, what the thing is, like, the age thing. I just feel like the acting is so much better in this movie, too. Not saying Toby McGuire and Kirsten Dunst are bad actors, but it's, like, a whole different caliber. Right. And then we go right into, I'm like, it's pretty much Spider-Man, Peter Parker, earning that suit again. That's the whole movie of him showing that he wants to spy on the Avengers, that he wants to be part of the grown-ups table and not just some kid stopping purse snatchers in his friendly neighborhood, as he puts it. But he does deserve that. He does earn that suit, and he actually earns a spot in the Avengers, but he decides not to take it, and Tony Stark actually appreciates that. Yeah, he made a really smart decision. He wants to enjoy his the childhood that he has left. Right. So before we talk about um, Far From Home, Obviously, some big stuff went down in between. So, Infinity War and Endgame, Avengers Endgame. A lot of stuff went down with Thanos. I'm pretty sure you have seen it, whoever's listening. And we know that Spider-Man uh, is one of those that 
is caught in the blip. And he's gone for five years, and so is the majority of the people at Midtown High. He then gets, when he returns after five years, he helps like every superhero under the sun save the planet, and within that is Tony Stark's Iron Man's demise. And that's where Far From Home picks up. Spidey doesn't really know what to do if he's going to be the next Iron Man. They, they hit it hard in the beginning. They actually explain a lot about the blip and Thanos, which was kind of cool because this, this this came out like two months after Endgame. I remember when the trailer came out before Endgame happened and the trailer is like completely different than what it was. Yes, for everyone who got blipped, it was it was seemingly like a second had gone by when everyone else, it was five years of time. Yeah. We just actually saw that in the Hawkeye episode. It's the first time where we saw the like beginning to end. Like, oh my gosh, it's seconds. Yeah, we, we saw... Said. What's y- her name? Yelena. Yelena get blipped away. I guess that's what we're calling it. And then she immediately came back. Right. It was it was kind of weird to see. So this movie, after all this stuff that happened in Endgame and with Tony Stark, uh, Peter Parker wants nothing to do with any superhero responsibilities. And he just kind of wants to be a kid and go on vacation with his class. Uh, they have some sort of a broad science trip. Which they make a joke that there was no science in the trip at all. Um, but a lot happens. We introduce the Mysterio, Jake Joan Hall's character, and he's uh, trying to help fight off these uh, monsters that are terrorizing uh, Prague and other uh, countries over the there. The elementals, in yes, the is elementals. What they're called. I almost said the Eternals, and I try not to mess up. So we find out that he's a fraud completely, a great fraud, I might add. And him, along with other several other people, are former rivals of Tony Stark, and they want to try to get one up on you know the they world. They have all this like advanced technology, and Jake Gyllenhaal's character is mad because Tony Stark made fun of like his invention or whatever. So they kind of want revenge. So all of these like former employees or whatever have vengeance. And they're trying to, I guess, collect the sunglasses. Is that the entire point? And then be like, he wants to be the next Iron Man. Right. And if he gets the sunglasses, he has the Edith Protocol. And he can control the drones. uh, The Stark Industry drone. The Stark Industry drones. And like you said, become the next Iron Man. I guess basically he's trying to take over the world. Take over the world. Right. Easy plot. That's what most villains want. So, Spidey doesn't have his suit, or he did, but like the airport security, I think, took it. So he dresses up as the night monkey. Well, no, they right. said that he said that there's no way that he could be Spider-Man in Europe because then all of his classmates would be like, "Oh, that makes yeah. that makes you know it makes it a little obvious as to who it is that he keeps." Constantly showing up everywhere Peter goes. Right. And, of course, MJ figures that out regardless because they don't make her a damsel in distress by any means. She's like, just kind of figured it out. Just made sense, which is something that's great. And, like, that's the whole Superman thing. Like, he looks exactly the same. Why did nobody know he was Superman? So that's neither here nor there. But, right, we actually also see uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill from S.H.I.E.L.D. And... They need Spider-Man's help and and to, and to stop whatever's going to happen. They then find out that from Spider-Man that hey, he's not 
um, that Mysterio isn't who he says he is. So the whole thing is now to stop him. We get closer to the end of the movie. And besides, before we get there, I was just to say, Happy's character is great by, you know, um, <clears throat> John Favreau plays Happy, and he's just amazing. I like I like all the scenes that he's in. But yeah, we get near the end, and, and it's, it is crazy. It's crazy to tell what's real and what's, like, being projected. It's hard, you know, it's hard to tell for the audience as well as Spider-Man. <laughs> Yes, and I even mentioned something about I could see them using drones as special effects in in movies, and at some point, maybe not right now, but maybe like ten, twenty years. But the the main goal of Mysterio now is since Spider Man is defeating all of his drones, he wants to try to turn the tables and make it look like Spider Man is the one causing all this uh, this doom. So. He, it was some. It was some good bachelor editing, happening. Yes, House, and Hell's Kitchen editing. You know oh what I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. There's some good. That was and very good. And the video like broadcasted to the world, uh, and it's seemingly looking like Spider Man is the one that was trying to attack, and trying to create all these casualties. When in reality, it was not. It was not. It was Mysterio. And Mysterio actually ends up getting shot by one of his own drones. And that takes his life. I thought he was going to come back at some point during the movie. But no. So then Spider-Man ends. He wins. He defeats the big bad. And they go home to New York City. And everything's fun and dandy. And everything's great. And he's Him swinging and MJ around. are yeah. dating. They're dating. They're swinging around New York City. And then they stop on the ground, and then there's breaking news from the local New York station. And they show a video from J. Jonah Jameson, which is J.K. Simmons returning for the first time since Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire. And there's that video that, like Britt just said, that it makes it look like it spins it, that Spider-Man was the one that was doing all this. And right at the end, Mysterio reveals his secret identity that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are the same person. And then credits. Correct. So that leads us right up to the new movie. That leads us right up to the exact same scene. Now that everybody's going to know who Peter Parker is. And thus, it's not really good. And he thinks he's doing a bunch of shady shit. Right. And if you saw the trailer, you kind of know what like the new movie is going to be about. Right. Yes. Like they... they he doesn't want his identity out there, so I guess he goes to Doctor Strange. He goes to Doctor Strange. And is trying to, like, figure out how to reverse. He's trying to re- reverse everything, and then we start, in the trailer, they start showing villains from, from the past. Right. And we all know why they're there, and Doc Ock doesn't recognize him, so that's very questionable, too. Right. But we're going to talk about that in a minute, and right now, I'll actually play a quick snippet of that trailer. To get us prepared for the hype that uh, will be us in a few seconds talking about non-spoiler. I was just going to say it's a non-spoiler review. And it's probably going to be very short because we don't want to give anything away. We're probably not going to be able to say too much. Right. So, all right. So, until then, uh, here's the trailer. Truth is, I accidentally brought those dangerous people here. (laughs) The world, if you're watching, wish me luck. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man could really use some. 
botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man, we started getting some visitors. They're a danger to our universe. Look, there has to be another way. Don't do this. I have to try. What have you done with my machine? Do I know you? You want to play games? You're not going to take this away from me. Be careful what you wish for, Parker. Do it. Okay, we're finally here. We just got out of Spider-Man No Way Home, and we did drive home from <laughs> the, from No Way Home. We we had our own way home. I didn't want to do a right out movie theater reaction because we obviously can't talk about much. I don't really have much to say without giving anything away. Correct. I don't have much to say either. What I can say is it was very enjoyable. It was long, but not in a bad way. It's a long movie, as in running time, right? It's like Correct. two hours. Two and, and a half. Two and a half hours. It does not feel like two and it a half hours. It felt like it was like an hour. Honestly. It did not feel like an hour, but it did not feel like two and a half hours. It For me, it was very enjoyable. Yes. And I think for... Uh, fans of the MCU and fans of Spider-Man, you will enjoy this movie. Please, for the love of Taylor Swift, go see it. <laughs> it's great. Um, as of right now, we're recording this. We just saw it today, Sunday, and I'll probably have it out shortly. It's breaking box office records. It might be one of the biggest movie openings of all time. Um Right now we're at how much? I don't even know. It's over two hundred. You just told it's, me this well, morning. Well, that was and I that was last that. night. It's over two hundred million. Let me look. Because that's at least something we can say. Like I wouldn't even f- people who haven't seen it, and you know what? If you're listening to this podcast, maybe you have seen it. Don't even don't don't look anything up. Don't even look up the Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, don't, because Britt didn't know what the Rotten Tomatoes score was. Um, Okay. It's not finalized, but as of seven hours ago, $253 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and especially in our current COVID uh, situation. I will speak to the movie theater situation. Yeah, we can do do that. Go ahead. Um, This was... uh, a movie theater that we had to drive a little bit to because Matt had a hard time getting tickets. Yes, I think a lot of people did, but th- this movie theater, Nishamini, we could say this. Oh, I don't, Nish- I don't know if we s- we speak to our the area that we N- live in. Nishamini, um was showing it a lot, so that was the best place we could go see it. As we're pulling up to the parking lot, I was like, <laughs> um, holy shit. Yeah. We're, this is not going to be good. We're at the park pretty far. We did have to park pretty far and walk to the entrance, which is not, it's it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I think this is the first time that I actually had to wait in line for the person to scan my ticket. The concession line, I would say, was through the roof, but that would not make any sense. It was very long. It was a very long line. Good thing you snuck in popcorn in your purse. Shh. <laughs> I was supposed to be on a DL situation, and you just told everybody. Yes, I did. Yeah, it was very crowded. The movie theater was very crowded. 
Um, there was a coughing baby. There was a coughing baby and then a crying baby. And the dad eventually did take care of the crying baby, Sitch. And he, I think for the rest of the movie, he was not there. I think he sat like in, in the aisle way or whatever, but he, said, he situated it. But uh, definitely the uncomfortability of like, obviously, we're still in a pandemic was the negative. But the positive was it was really cool to see a movie like this with audience reaction. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. And we definitely had some of that. I won't say what it was. Right. At least for what we've been talking about. Um, at least for the villains. Like, we know the villains that were announced that are in this movie. And knowing the other movies and their backstory of, you know, in the previous Spider-Man films, rewatching helped out a lot. I was going to say, I'm really glad that we rewatched it. Yeah. Do you need to? Absolutely not. No, you don't. No, you don't. But it was it was worth it for us, at least. Yeah, I think it made it more enjoyable. enjoyable. Yeah. We definitely. were laughing at things that I think... Nobody was laughing at. Right. Mm, Brittany gives it two thumbs up. Yes, Matt gives it four thumbs up. Well, you don't have four thumbs. But if I did... All four would be all up. All four would be up. So definitely go see it. Even if you wait a little bit, I'm pretty sure within the next three or four days, there's going to be a lot to come out about the movie. So try to go see it sooner than later. I was gonna. I said earlier that I hope if you're listening to this, you have already seen the movie. Yeah. I mean, because I, mean, I don't know how you're not gonna find out about it. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. It's. Gonna I be luckily went into the movie not knowing anything. You did, yeah. See, I I actually went ahead of time on Thursday night because I was concerned. So I luckily went into the movie not finding out anything. Of course, Matt and I had our speculations. And he was very good about not telling me anything about the movie. Thank you. It was very hard not to share certain things, especially because we were still rewatching the Tom Holland movies, which we just spoke about. But now that it cats out of the bag about the entire plot and everything between us, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about in a few minutes and, and whatnot. So, yep, go see it. Please go see it. If you're not comfortable, I completely understand if that's your reason. I fully support it. But hopefully this gets released on VOD or whatever soon for the people that um, do not want to go to theater. But I also think Disney's going to be like, uh, let's try to make as much money as yeah, possible. Yeah, they're going to be like, <laughs> um, we made like $500 billion, jillion dollars in like the first weekend. So we're going to keep it out there for a little bit. Yeah. So All right. So um, that's all we got to say about that. That's all we got to say. So this is our end of our Spider-Man recap. I wonder what this episode's going to be called. I don't know. We'll have to talk about off pod. So we're going to get back to our Christmas episodes, which we're in the middle of our third one right now. And we'll get the fourth one out. And then we'll be hitting the new year, baby. So make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Go back and check all of our other episodes on the podcast feed. Check me out on TikTok at The Great Brit. That's right. Check out her newest, uh, our little visit to Tinseltown. And we'll see you at, at the, the movies. movies. And this time we were actually at the we movies. We were actually here. at the movies. Wow. Ah!